I always get excited about coming to church. I don't know about y'all, but I'm always excited when I get to come into the Lord's house and worship with His people. Um, we are such blessed and encouraged uh, folks. There's enough going out in the world today. We don't need what the world has to offer. We need more of Christ. And so uh, thank you, Pastor. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, thank you, folks. I, I appreciate the, the handshakes already and the fellowship. Uh, I look forward to meeting more of y'all and uh, getting, to, getting to greet you and whatnot here in a little bit. Uh, if you've got your Bible, go over to Luke chapter number 19. I won't spend long on who we are because I'll present that here in just a little bit, but um, we are the Bushy family, and my wife's in here with me, and uh, both my daughters are in here too. Uh, one of them, she don't go far from Mama because she's not but six months, but the other one, she's just she's in here, and so uh, she's shy today. Uh, so that happens, but all the boys are back in the classes, and so uh, anyways, I'll, I'll just give you a quick introduction. That is Bentley, Bella, Bronx, Blaze, Boaz, Brightland, and so it is a mouthful, um, but I've got a mouth ready to say it. So anyways, uh, I'm grateful to be here with you this morning, but I want to take a look at a passage of scripture, and this is what the Lord laid on my heart uh, to teach this morning. Uh, so let me give just a pre, uh, just give a something forward. God called me to preach, and so I'm still working on teaching. Uh, I've never claimed to be a great teacher, but uh, as I looked around and as I was sitting in here this morning, I love these banners. absolutely love these banners um, because that, is, that sums up the Christian life. I mean, we start off with worship. We then learn how to disciple. Uh, we fellowship, and then we go and outreach to the world, and I love that. And so I was really encouraged and challenged by that. And so, needless to say, go right along with what I want to teach on this morning. But I want to ask you a question. What heights are you willing to go? Now, you'll think about this because you'll realize the story we're about to read, but what heights are you willing to go? Um, and we'll get in-depth on that here in a minute. Uh, but I thought about this. Um, what heights are you willing to go to serve the Lord? Now, some of you were, because of weather, you, know, you were able to get here this morning. Others were not able to get here this morning. Um, and we understand that some, uh, because of health concerns, weren't able to get here this morning. Um, and what a, what a, I, I, I mean, you're already at a funeral and then someone has a stroke. I mean, that's, that's I mean, I, I thought that's, that's a hard and difficult things to go through. But needless to say, there's always, there's health issues. But I thought about this, what heights are you willing to go to see someone saved? How far are you willing to go out of your way? Um, I'm reminded that we were bought with a price. We're not our own. We sit here and say, this is about me. Dear friend, uh, if you go back through and you read through, and uh, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, Dr. Cottle was preaching on something in a missions revival we were just in, and he used the word. He went back and well, I circled in my Bible where it said I. Talking about that rich man that stored up in the barns. He had plenty. I, I. I think back and uh, where we learned about Satan where he was cast out of, um, when he was Lucifer and he was cast out of heaven. You know what? He said I, I. We have an eye problem, and we do today. We have an eye problem. It seems like more and more we'll take the cell phone off, and instead of taking pictures of the world, we're taking pictures of ourselves because we have an eye problem. We're, we're more concerned about eye. If I put a picture out in front of you today, you will look and try to find yourself before you'll find anybody else because it's an eye problem. Uh, you want to see how you were looked. But what heights are you willing to go? What heights are you willing to, to seek his presence? You know, how much time are you willing to spend in Bible? How much time are you willing to spend in prayer? How much time are you willing to help to disciple someone? How much time are you willing just to get alone in the presence of the Lord? And so, needless to say, I'll read this scripture and we'll jump straight into it. But starting verse number 1, chapter number 19, we're just going to read the first 10 verses. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. 
And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus who he was, and could not for the press, because he was of little stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and he came down and received him joyfully. And when he saw, <coughs> excuse me, and when he saw it, they, and when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold the Lord. He said, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore to him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Father, thank you for the opportunity to open your word. Help us over here over the next little bit. God, help us in the service, Lord, through each and every part of the worship service, through the singing, through the Sunday school hour. God, draw us closer to you. Lord, I just want your presence this morning. God, I'm not so worried about being a blessing or even getting blessed as I am just getting in your presence. Because once we get in the presence, Lord, we'll be a blessing. Lord, we'll get blessed. But, Lord, it's just exciting, Lord, just to think, Lord, we get to come boldly to the throne of grace in the time of need. And here we are today, Lord. We're a needy people, and we need you. Lord, we thank you for so much for who you are. Help us, dear Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so I just wrote a few things down. I thought about, first off, um, some things about Zacchaeus. I noticed his social status. In verse number 2, it said he was a man of very high standing. Uh, how do we know that? Because he said he was chief among the publicans. Zacchaeus was hated by the people. Um, I don't know about you, but tax collectors are usually not people that we like. Here we are starting the brand new year, and guess what we get to do in a few months? We get to pay taxes. And what a joy and a, a great thing that is. But something specific about Zacchaeus that was different about other tax collectors was Zacchaeus was a tax collector for the Romans. Now, he was Jewish, but the Romans required a tax. So he had to work for the enemy, per se, and he had to take taxes and give it back to them. The Jewish people uh, collected taxes from other Jewish people and then gave them to the Romans. You're, you're, you're already on the bad side because you're the one taking money from me. But on top of that, now you're giving them to our enemy, the one who's overseeing us, the one who's keeping us kind of in bondage and, and keeping us oppressed. A publican was a person who gathered taxes. Uh, everyone in here at some point in time has to pay taxes. I've always heard it said there's two things that you're guaranteed in life. One is to die and the other one is to pay taxes. Um, so one way or another, you will pay taxes. People say, oh, I'll never pay taxes. If you go buy something in the grocery store, you're paying taxes. Uh, I know there's some states where you don't pay much on taxes. I know when we go up to the Northeast, a lot of times there's not a sales tax. That's because they tax the mess out of you everywhere else. Um, if you go down to Florida, uh, they don't tax their people. They tax all the tourists, and they tax the world out of you there if you've ever stayed in a hotel or anything. And so we know that taxes are high and that no one really wants to pay them. But back in this period of time, it was no different than it is now, and we were, they were required to pay a tax. Um, and Zacchaeus, being the chief publican, uh, he was a tax collector, dear friend. And you have to believe that not only were they skimming off the top, but he was even off the top of them. So if they were cheating you, you think about what Zacchaeus was doing. We'll get into that here in a second, but Zacchaeus would have been, a, would have been cheating them as well. And like I say, I'll get into that in a minute. But I thought about this in his social status. Not only was he uh, a man that was chief among the publicans, but he was also, by, the Bible says in verse number 2, it says, and he was rich. That means he had wealth. 
Um, and so not only was he hated by the people because of his placement, but he had plenty because of his wealth. Um, uh, and so his social status, his, he would have been of a higher social status. I know when we've went and knocked on doors before and go out there and knock on, go to church, uh, go to neighborhood after neighborhood, sometimes it's a little intimidating when you go through a real ritzy neighborhood. Uh, sometimes that's just a little bit more intimidating because you're like, well, these people, they're going to snug their nose at me. Uh, but you know what I find out? Everybody needs Christ. It doesn't matter if they're poor. It doesn't matter if they're rich. It doesn't matter if they're the common folk. Folks, most of us in here, if not all of us, are probably middle-class individuals. And uh, you know what? It's an amazing thing because the United States is one of the few places in the world that has a middle class. You're the rich or poor everywhere else in the world. Uh, so you're either on the very bottom or you're on the very top. Uh, but just reading through and just looking at this, he had plenty. Uh, just a chapter before, though, Jesus would speak on that. And if you've got a second, well, we've got a second here. Let's flip back a page. Look back with me at chapter number 18. Look at verse number 24 and 25. This is speaking of that young rich ruler. In verse number 24, And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, and he was very sorrowful because he was rich, because back up, well, let's, let's start in verse 23. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And Jesus told him, he said, get rid of, in verse 22, get rid of all that you have and follow me. In verse number 24, when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the, a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Um, Jesus had already been explaining on wealth. Uh, it's, not, it's not a bad thing to be wealthy. You can use that for the glory of God, but when you make that your God, that's when we have issues. When you put all your, when your idol becomes that, uh, it's interesting uh, about the different idols that you'll find throughout the Bible. And so many they created, they were man-made, they were man-made gods. And a lot of times they were made out of gold. They were made out of precious stone. They were made out of something that they could look at. I think about Nebuchadnezzar uh, making that big statue of himself. I think about, um, I think about um, uh, Aaron going and getting that golden calf. Now I think about Jeroboam getting two golden calves. If it wasn't bad enough to have one, he had two. And so, you know, they, they found something they were going to worship. But Zacchaeus had plenty. Uh, but I love in Luke chapter number 16, verse number 13, it says, No servant shall serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. And so I got to looking up that word mammon. That word mammon means wealth. That's all it means. It means wealth. And so... You can either serve the Lord or you can serve that wealth. And, of course, Zacchaeus was a wealthy man. He had all that he needed. Um, we know this scripture very well, yet we quote it very wrong. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 10, For the love of money is the root of all evil. Yet, that's not usually how we quote it, do we? Uh, for the love of... We'll say, we'll say money is the root of all evil. A lot of times people will say that not knowing scripture and not knowing what the Bible actually says. It's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money. Because you can't get enough. You can fill your pockets and keep filling your pockets and keep filling your pockets. Judas Iscariot was a prime example of that. He's the one that held the bag. You know what? He kept trying to... Uh, we know that he was stealing from the Lord. Uh, but we see the social status, not only social status, but the physical status. Verse number three. He was a short man. It says he was of little stature. Uh, for what we know about Zacchaeus, the odds are uh, it wasn't really in his favor. Could you imagine him going into a crowd of folks and him... And looking around, trying to see everybody, trying to see the Lord. And so it's a very interesting because uh, his physical abilities did not enable him to have anything uh, special about him. Now, he had wealth, but he couldn't, even with his wealth, he couldn't grow himself, could he? Uh, and so it's pretty amazing. 
Uh, as a child, I was short, but I loved to play sports. I didn't actually grow till I was about 14 years old. My mom, still to this day, I walk up to my mom. I'm over a foot taller than my mom. My mom's not even five foot tall. Uh, I was thinking about it coming up the road. I was wanting to use the illustration of my mom. Uh, my mom, it's amazing she can even touch the pedals in the car. Uh, she brings the steering wheel all the way up, and it, I mean the seat all the way up. But I know growing up, um, I, was, I was real short, and I remember being in middle school, when I might have weighed 80 pounds, maybe 80 pounds. I was about four foot six, four foot four, somewhere around there. Uh, and the coach uh, would put me into different positions on the court and play basketball. Um, I was the shortest and smallest lineman there ever was in football. Uh, they would put me right up on the line. I'd be a tackle. And I was like, what in the world is he doing putting me as a tackle? He said, Justin, he goes, I want you to do one thing, and I want you to chop block. He said, I know them boys are bigger than you. You just take out their knees. And so that's what I did. But I thought about uh, when we have physical, uh, our physical status sometimes in, in, in hinders us, as we believe, uh, can, to not be able to do different things. But you remember a young man named, uh, he's, he's a much older man now, but you remember he was a young man. His name was Muggsy Bogues, played for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Muggsy was the shortest man to ever play the game. But interesting about Muggsy, Muggsy was only five foot three, but his career included 6,858 points, 6,726 assists, 1,369 steals. So even though Muggsy was short, he was still able to be used. And we have to look at the Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a rich man. Well, we can see, oh, we, he could be used. He was a hated man. I think that's uh, the world's looking at the Christian today, and they're hating the Christian today. Uh, but then you see his, his not only social status, his physical status, but then I notice his emotional status. Verse uh, number 3, it says, And he was curious about the Lord. Uh, and how do we know that? He said he sought to see who he was. Uh, another word you might think of is the word desire. He desired to see the Lord. A desire means a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing to have something. Um, I thought about uh, in Acts chapter number 8, one of my favorite chapters. It's the one that God really began to use to work in our heart to lead us where we're going next in our ministry. And I thought about as, we re as you read through that chapter, and you read about the Ethiopian eunuch. Some amazing things are taking place. In chapter 8, verse number 27, you find he has a desire to worship. In chapter 8, verse number 32, he has a desire to read the Word of God. In verse 34, he has a desire to know the Word of God. Not only that, in verse 36, he had a desire to be baptized. And all those things are great. But until you get to verse number 37, it really doesn't mean anything. Because it's that desire for salvation. You know what? He wanted to be saved. All that other now starts to make sense. Um, I, I know young children, uh, young children would be like, I want to get baptized. Well, that's great, but are you saved? Uh, you know what? It's, just getting wet ain't going to help you none. Uh, but we need more than that. And so Scripture is clear that he had the desire and so uh, you see his social status, you see his physical status, you see his emotional status, but then you see his spiritual status. Um, and I, I'll bring all this to a, uh, to, to, a bolt, uh, to, a, to a conclusion here in a minute, but uh, he was willing in verse number 4, uh, verse number 4, and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he, uh, for he was to pass by that way. I love this, that uh, even though he was short, even though, uh, you know what, he, he knew the Lord was coming by that way, he knew he had a need. And we all have got a need in here today. Folks on the street got a need today. Everybody's got a need. You came in here searching for something this morning. I've no, I, I, I've never, no, I, I try to never forget that, that everyone coming into the church needs something. Uh, your need may be more. Your need may be less than someone else. But you all have a need in here today. Uh, and everyone on the face of the earth has a need today. If they're lost, they need Jesus. 
You know what? If they're saved today, they need to grow. You know what? They need to tell people about Christ. But it's just unique and it's interesting as you continue to read through this story and find out so many different things uh, about uh, Zacchaeus. But I just thought I'd point out just a few points. I guess that was way in the introduction and somewhat, but just thought I'd point out a few different points. I, find, I, I love this. As I read this story, I find out I see, I see the sought or the seeking. I see the seeking for Christ. We know that Zacchaeus was on a mission. How do we know Zacchaeus was on a mission? Well, he's on a mission to see Jesus. Uh, he was going to do it at all costs. Uh, and verse number 5 uh, makes it very clear. It says, And when he came to the place, he looked up and saw him. Uh, not only was Zacchaeus on a mission, but Jesus was on a mission too. Uh, Jesus knew where he was. John 6 and 44, No man can come to, the Father except, uh, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent, uh, sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at that last day. I've heard say, well, I'm going to get saved on my deathbed. I'm going to live my life like I want. And right at the end, I'm going to get saved. The Holy Spirit's not drawing you. You won't get saved. You can't do that upon yourself. Only the Lord can do that. I remember when I was, uh, uh, it's been almost 16 years ago now. It's hard to believe. In March of 2008, I'd been in church, uh, had been in church in a long time and walked in the very first time uh, in a long, long time. And I heard the gospel preach and I didn't care. Walked back out lost, and I was wild. I had dreadlocks. I mean, I was wild. Um, I was strung out and everything else. And I walked back out. Second time I come in, same thing. But that third time, the Holy Spirit just began to work on my heart. And I realized that Sunday morning that this was probably going to be the last time that God was going to pass by my way. And I responded that Sunday morning. I responded in faith, stepped out in faith, and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. I repented of my sins, and He saved me. Nothing less, nothing more. I'm not going to. I can't tell you every word that I said because I don't remember. But I remember what happened that day. I've been changed ever since. I've been transformed, born again. And so there's the salt right here, the seeking. We see that Zacchaeus was seeking Christ, but Christ was seeking Zacchaeus. And then I go back to that physical, that physical status, that stature. Notice that Zacchaeus uh, was uh, Zacchaeus' natural ability. Uh, he wasn't going to be able to get it done. If I could say that that way, Zacchaeus was just too short. He couldn't reach up. He couldn't. He couldn't put himself above the crowd that Christ could even see him. But Jesus was already coming for him. We'll, read, we'll see that in a second. But that's because our own ability will never be able to get us to Christ. No matter what we do. I thought about this so many times. If we could lay a balance beam up here, and it would be really neat if God would show us that, but put a balance beam up before us. And we put all our good on one side and put all our bad on the other side. Did you know our good will never outweigh our bad? But just... just Hypothetically, maybe our good did. That still wouldn't get us to heaven. Because it's not how much good that you've done. It's how much that God's done for us. And so, it's just interesting to look at his stature. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, we know it by heart. Uh, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Least any man should boast. Titus, and I was reading this just this week. Titus 3, chapter number 4 says, or chapter, chapter 3, verse number 4, but after the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. It's not by our works. And it wasn't by his stature that he could do it. But I see not only uh, that he was seeking, and I see not only a stature, but I see the sycamore. And this is awesome. Uh, I'm sticking with the letter S this morning, if you can't tell already. But I love the sycamore here. 
Because it was God's creation is what Zacchaeus had to use. Folks, I have never read this story any other way and never have I ever gained like I had. Uh, Notice that Zacchaeus couldn't use his own ingenuity to get to Christ. He couldn't figure out a way. His, His money and his wealth couldn't part the people to get close enough to Christ. They wanted to be close to Christ. There was a lot of people there. He said, but I've got to see, I've got to see Jesus. But he used what God already had put in place. There's not another way. There's only one way. And so he used what God provided. And today God's provided the plan of the cross. The cross is the only way. You know, there's a great divide. There's no other way we can get to heaven. Those, uh, those Old Testament prophets were looking to the law, but they were looking to the coming of Christ. Now, folks, we get to look back on what Christ has already done. Praise God, we're in a different position. Now, we have to live by faith because we've never seen Christ. But the Old Testament saints never seen Christ either. You know what? They were looking to His coming. We're already looking, we're looking to His coming, but it's His return. <laughs> I'm looking for the trumpet, dear friends. Uh, whether it's snows, whether uh, we get somebody in the White House, that whoever, it doesn't mean anything to me. I'm just looking for the coming of Christ. And we see that because John chapter number 4, verse number 6 says, Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me, uh, cometh unto the Father, but by me. Zacchaeus had figured this out, and it took him a little while. But he figured out he could not do it in his own ability. Hey, I'm a short man. I've got lots of money, but I can't do this. And so we see that he was seeking. We see the stature of him. We see the sycamore. And I think it's awesome, though, because then after we see the sycamore, and let us not forget today as Christians that we still have Hebrews chapter number 4, verse number 16, which tells us, therefore, uh, come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Uh, it's not, it's not going to hurt anybody's feelings if you come up to the altar and get some help. You know what? People are just like, well, I, I just don't know if I'm going to leave the seat. Dear friends, I'd rather leave the seat than uh, live, in, live in pain and have a burden. Uh, so often we were not willing to let go of that burden because we're worried about what other people think. Yet again, that's hogwash. Put that, in the, put that somewhere else, dear friend. Um, I'm in prisons all the time when I watch men weep. I'm talking about one of the greatest things I had happen back in, Mar- in March and uh, October was a man come up and he just began just to weep. And I mean, the floor is covered in tears. He didn't care who was in there. We had a full chapel that night. He didn't care who was in there. He wanted some help. He wanted somebody to pray with him. He wanted somebody to pray for his needs. And I was grateful for that because he was genuine about that. Uh, but it's, it's wonderful to know that that sycamore was there because God had uh, pro- provided a plan for Zacchaeus to see Jesus. Uh, God has still provided a plan for us today through His Word. God has uh, gave us His cross. God has gave us a desire to know who He is. And God truly uh, wants us to know who He is. Then we see as we continue to read the chapter, and I'm trying not to just, to just to read and read, but you see the lost condition of the sinner. You see the sinner here, or yeah, the sinner here, verse number 7, and when he saw it, they all, um, and when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, This man is gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. It was clear that we knew what Zacchaeus was. Zacchaeus was a sinner. Um, I'm a sinner in here today. I'm saved by grace. But you know what? It's my sin that separated me. Our children, we're going through a devotion. And we do devotions. We try to do it every day, but church days, normally because we're in church. But we'll have a time of devotions with the kids. And we're going through the book of Genesis. And you know what's interesting? I asked the kids, I said, what separated man from God? It was sin. It was something as simple as taking a fruit and eating the fruit. But God said, don't do it. And yet, they did it. And now here we are, 5,000 years plus later, still living in sin, 
because of one wrong decision. That decision that you make can have a lifetime of effects, if, if not generations of effects. Uh, but there were scoffers, mourners, there was uh, doubters, and there was complainers that said, Zacchaeus, this sinner, no, he's a sinner. But guess what? They were right. He was a sinner. The difference with Zacchaeus, though, was he realized his inability and his need for Christ. Uh, as each and every one of us had to that knows the Lord even today. And so you see not only the sinner, but then you see the standing. And I love this. Chapter number, uh, verse number 8 says, And Zacchaeus stood. I love that word stood. Because what Zacchaeus did, it's so important to understand this, and it's so interesting because Zacchaeus realizes that nothing else matters at this point in time. You know what? I don't care. Jesus has told him, he said, come down from the tree, Zacchaeus. Tonight, I'm, I'm eating with you. And so Zacchaeus comes down, and he just stands in awe and amazement. And I, I believe one day, we'll probably, well, I, I, I've always said, we'll, let, uh, we'll probably go prostrate before the Lord for I don't know how many thousands of years. I don't know, because time won't matter then. I believe we'll lay on our face before we get before the glory of God. I don't believe we'll even be able to even say a word. People are like, I'm going to go and I'm going to ask. You might get to ask maybe a million years down the road. But I think, I think then it won't matter anyways. When we get before a holy God, when we get to see Jesus, when we get to see those nail prints in His hands and that, uh, that, that gash in His side, when we get to see that, you know what? It won't even matter then. We'll just lay there and say, holy, holy, hallelujah. You know what? I'm excited about that, but it says the standing because it's here that Zacchaeus realizes that he was nothing. Something has to take place in the heart and notice it does because he said, Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor and if I have taken anything from anyone by uh, any man by false accusation, I bestow him fourfold. As Christians, uh, uh, we need to be mindful that not to lead somebody through a prayer and say some words. You know what? If the Holy Spirit's not moving on their heart, back up. Let's pray. Let's make sure. Like I said, I had a man step forward in the same revival, not the same night, but had a man step forward, and they, two men raised their hand, and they came forward and said they needed to be saved. Well, one man was dealt with, and he did need to be saved. The man I dealt with did not need to be saved. He gave me a salvation testimony. He needed 1 John 1 and 9. He needed to go there and confess his sins and let the Lord forgive him of his sins. And so when, we, when I was trying to lead him, through the, uh, lead him through the Romans road, that wasn't going to fix what he needed. And he was like, I don't even know where to begin here. But as soon as we went to 1 John 1 and 9, I began to uh, show him that he needs to confess his sins. He broke down. And the Holy Spirit got a hold of his heart. And he said, brother, he said, can I go ahead and start praying? He goes, I need to talk to the Lord. And I love it because he, found, he saw his need as Zacchaeus did as he stood there. But we need to be careful not to try to lead somebody to the Lord. Um, while we're standing, we have to remember nothing else matters. John chapter 4, if you remember the story of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. You remember she, was, she met Jesus. Jesus, they begin to have a religious conversation. He said, you've got to worship me spirit and in truth. Next thing you know, she drops the water part and she heads back into town. Nowhere in that do you see her conversion. You don't see where she said a certain prayer, Jesus went out and baptized her or done anything else. What happened is God worked in her heart. And she was transformed. Just like Zacchaeus. God worked in his heart. He said, I've got, he said if I've done anything wrong to anybody, he said, Lord, please forgive me. He said, I'm going to go take care of that right now. You remember when you got saved? You know what? You were like... I've got to go find somebody to tell, tell about Jesus. I remember walking into the job, and I mean, I was just apologizing to people. You know what? I've never said, th uh, I'm sorry as much since I've been saved. <laughs> Before I got saved, I didn't care. But when I got saved, I started saying I'm sorry. But, uh, and let me close with this. Uh, and so the last thing. So as you go through this, you see the seeking, the stature, the sycamore, the center, the standing. But then 
I'll close with this. You see the salvation. Um, it's interesting here because Jesus makes it very clear in verse number 9. And Jesus said unto him, the, This day is salvation come. He said the proof's already here now. Uh, so often we're trying to, well, we've got to see this, we've got to see that. And then other times, well, they said it, so automatically they're saved. Uh, you'll know a good tree because a good tree produces good fruit. bad tree produces bad fruit. Yeah, I'm not the judge, but God has given us the ability to look and see what kind of fruit an individual produces. Uh, people say, you're not supposed to judge anyone. Well, that's not what Scripture says. Uh, we have to be careful. We're not the ultimate judge, but we'll know a tree by its fruit. And so if an individual tells you they're a Christian, I wrote this down, and I can't remember exactly where I put it, uh, but I wrote this down, and I thought this was very interesting. Uh, I've heard that the leading cause of atheism is Christians. And you say, Brother Justin, why is that? Because they acknowledge Jesus with their lips, but they deny Him with their lifestyle. What truth there is to that? Come in on a Sunday morning, hear the preaching of the Word of God, and then go live like the world the rest of the week. There's, there's much truth in that. But you see the salvation. You see Zacchaeus. There was a turning point in his life where he turned. The Holy Spirit drawn him. And when the Holy Spirit drawn him in Christ, sit there and plainly says, salvation has come to this house. I love that. Because I don't believe Zacchaeus was the only one saved that day. I believe his household was saved that day. Because that's what Scripture tells me, to this house. I don't see that it was just one man. I think about the Philippian jailer in uh, Acts chapter number 16. The Philippian jailer was saved, but not only jailer but also his house. Uh, we can go through Scripture over and over again. Uh, God loves, uh, I told somebody the other day, God isn't just an addition. God is in multiplication. Uh, God wants to multiply. And so Jesus says to him in verse number 10, or he, he says the purpose of why he's there. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. It's all about salvation. It'll always be about salvation. It's always to give salvation. Um, it takes more than just saying a prayer. It takes more than just being on a church roll. It takes more than being baptized. It takes more than knowing your Bible. Don't forget that the demons also know the Bible too. Uh, Satan took the Word of God from the very beginning and just changed a couple of words. That's why I hold true to my King James Bible. I'm not, I'm not breaking on that. I was listening to something the other day, and it does matter. It absolutely does matter. Where you dot the I where you put the period, where you put the comma, and where you put the words at. It does matter. And when you take out words. Uh, because you can take salvation right out of Scripture. And so, uh, but it's an amazing thing because it was a drawing of the Holy Spirit and this conviction of this sinful life that led Him to the Savior. He had wealth. He was a top. But it wasn't enough. And so, in that being said, and I don't know if this was a proper Sunday school lesson or not, but I just want to say this this morning. What heights are you willing to go? Zacchaeus was willing to climb up into a sycamore tree. What are you willing to do today? How far are you willing to go? Uh, I'm not boasting. Uh, I, I, I think honestly and truthfully, there's missionaries around the world that do a lot, lot more than I do. And I believe that with all my heart. I believe they, they go to above and beyond. They go into the, into the bush and they go to places where, I mean, they won't, I mean, cannibals and everything else. But I'm grateful that God allows me to get locked up. Uh, and you say, uh, they let me out long enough to come here today. Uh, I mean that jokingly. But uh, I'm grateful that I get to go in there with them. Because everybody needs to hear the gospel. Everybody needs to hear about Jesus. Zacchaeus, he couldn't even see Jesus, but he heard he was coming by. Oh, dear friend, when we go in some places, they'll hear that we're coming. They'll say, we just wanted to come and see what was going on. 
You know what? A cat even gets a little curious. You know what? Uh, it wants to see what's going on. Well, you know what? People want to come. People see the parking lot starting to fill up. They see signs, and they see, and, and, and y'all have got it decorated wonderful in here, and they see a nice church, and they see you've done stuff in order, and you've taken care of stuff. You know what? They say, hey, there's something about this today. You know what? This is, this is first class. This isn't just like they just threw it together last minute. It's because we've got to be willing to go to the next height. We've got to be willing to go to the next level. We can't plateau out. And that's what's happened with the church today is we've plateaued out. That's why the churches are falling off. It's because they've got stagnant. This is enough. Folks, we need to go to the next level. He's worthy of it. So I thank you so much for Sunday school, and I'm looking forward to the worship service and getting to know each and every one of you. So thank you. All right, guys. Well, let's, uh, let's pray, and uh, then we'll close out and... Um, we'll uh, get ready for the worship service. Lord, we come to you. We want to thank you for this lesson, Lord. Uh, God had the simple truth of, of how important it is uh, of salvation, but Lord, to, to get others to Christ as well, Lord, that we might see that there is there's no amount of money that we should say is too much to, to get the gospel out. There's no amount of our life or time or moment or seconds or inconvenience or, or discomfort that we should say, no, it's too much. Lord, you're worthy of it all. So, Lord, help us now. God, still our hearts and our minds as we prepare our hearts for worship. We worship you in spirit and truth. God, we love you. We thank you for this time. We give it to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all, as always.